0: Theology Gals, episode 24, A Heart Set Free with Christina Fox.
1: Knowing what you believe and why you believe it lies at the very heart of Christian experience, worship, and everyday living. The Bible's not about you. You're not David. Trouble in life is not Goliath. Jesus is gonna be David in this shadow. Goliath is gonna be sin and death. Who's that make you? Uh, Doesn't make you the Israelites in the corner? Going, He's gonna kill all of us. That's exactly who you are. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I with body and soul, life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. Gospel is that God the son freely agreed to die our death for us, to suffer our deserved condemnation and doom in our place and he didn't just agree from eternity to do it, he actually did it. It is fatal, fatal for us to think that we can ever move on from the gospel. The great problem in the evangelical church today where the scripture is concerned is not the inerrancy of the Bible. The great problem in the evangelical church today is the sufficiency of scripture. We don't think it's sufficient to do what we have to do. So we have to wake up to what's happening, and recognize that the problem really is our lack of theology.
0: Hi, and welcome to Theology Gals. We are a podcast for women on the Bible-thumping movement network, and I'm Colleen Sharp. My co-host is Ashley Glasek, and this is going to be a really exciting episode because we're finally going to find out at the end of the episode what Colleen and what Ashley think about pineapple on pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but we will get to that later. I don't even know what Ashley thinks yet. So Yeah, I don't know what you think. It doesn't think. completely ruin our friendship.
2: We'll yeah, continue. I will not show my cards until later on in the episode.
0: Well, if we can each be married to men that disagree with us, there is hope for yeah. our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's kind of been, we've gotten a lot more in, interactive on Twitter this week, Ashley, after you were on PresbyCast, and it just seems like we've been interacting a little bit more there. Yeah. So if you're not following us, please do.
2: If you haven't listened to Presby, PresbyCast, you should go check them out. They're they are pretty fun
0: guys, and it was really fun to go on go on their show. So. Yes, yes. And, you know, I'm going to be very careful about what I say right here since this episode doesn't have a warning on it but we did get some one in particular young man who criticized us for our episode a couple weeks ago with Vicki TD and so I think you saw it did you mm-hmm. see it Ashley when I was on I Twitter, Google Plus yeah I did should we put up a warning right now for yeah I'll just say I I don't think we should go into detail right now okay. but just you know if anyone's interested I've heard I've seen people talking about it around there um you can go to YouTube, you can, on the Bible, Bible Living WingNet, and Council of Google Plus. You should, if you listen to the Vicky TD episode, you'll figure out which which one it is. <laughs> but it was kind yeah. of kind kind of interesting. I think, you know, actually, we haven't gotten a lot of criticism, but mm-hmm. we've had a few things. There was a little bit after the ESS episode I was kind of telling you about. Now, I'm sometimes surprised. I think that one probably surprised me more I expected from the Vicky TD episode to get a little bit of that, but there's definitely some different views out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even on ESS that I didn't, I understand that they, that the different views exist on ESS, Eternal Subordination of the Sun, for those who didn't listen to the episode. But I'm sometimes surprised by the things, you know, being said in criticism. Yes. You know, some of the- and I think
2: we're going to actually do an, uh, a whole episode on complementarianism and things like that to kind of address, I mean, maybe address some of the criticisms of our views, not in a, you know, controversial way, but maybe so people can just understand a little better what we were trying to say and and
0: what Rachel Miller's trying to say. Um, I think that would be helpful. Right. Because I think when it comes to male and female uh, or biblical manhood and womanhood, there are some more extreme views uh, on both sides. and. I think we would definitely be more to the right, but Mm -hmm. on our views, but not to the extreme. Right. Well there on where we are.
2: I feel like maybe it used to be you are either an egalitarian or you're a complementarian. And I think nowadays just saying you're complementarian isn't enough. You need to kind of uh, clarify what you actually mean when you say complementarian because it can mean a lot of different things. So I think that's why yes. we want to do an episode to show, you know, it's not just either you're a complementarian or you're an egalitarian or a feminist or <laughs> anything like that. It's There's, there's um, I guess, a variety of views within the complementarian camp. So, uh, be looking out for an episode on that. We'll be doing one of those pretty
0: soon. So, I think it'd be helpful for a lot of people. And also, somebody had I had seen something that somebody posted, and I can't remember the words that they used, but basically saying all complementarian women are what that word they used oppressed. Yes, yeah. oppressed. Yeah. And so, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm married 22 years. I haven't felt oppressed yet. So, no, we want to kind of dive into that a little bit too. We probably won't get in great detail about the women preachers, which we are 100% against, but probably talk a little bit more about some of those more practical things and accusations from both sides. So right. that'll be... Yeah, but before
2: before we get to that, today we have an episode on emotions. And while I was on the PresbyCast, cast, someone made a joke that... uh Presbyterians don't have emotions, which uh, was funny. It was a Presbyterian that made that joke, uh, so I I took it.
0: Yeah. There's lots of jokes about that out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The frozen shows and all that. We, of course, have emotions. Women have emotions, and they are very difficult to talk about, and we'll get into that in today's episode.
0: Yeah, we're going to be talking with Christina Fox in just a moment about her book, A Heart Set Free, A Journey to Hope Through the Psalms of Lament. It's a wonderful book. I think it would be very helpful for so many of our listeners. And even during times of suffering, it's the things that she talks about in there have helped me so much in some of my own dark seasons. So we'll be right back with Christina Fox.
1: This podcast is a member of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. All right, welcome everybody to another podcast episode with Semper Reformanda Radio. Hi,
0: welcome to Theology Gals. Welcome
1: everyone to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. Well, welcome to School of Biblical Harmonetics. Welcome everybody to Grappling with Theology. What is going on guys? Shine as lights coming at you. Well, welcome to Slick Answers. Good evening and welcome to the Conversations from the porch, This is the Council of Google. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bible Thumping Wingnut Podcast. Red, 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 grace radio. The Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Ten podcasts, one network. Check them out. BibleThumpingWingnut.com. Striving for Eternity and the Bible Thumping Wingnut are happy to announce the Judge Not Conference. August 11 and 12 in Amstead Falls, Ohio, at Amstead Falls Baptist Church. Speakers include Phil Johnson, Mike Abendra, Justin Peters, J.D. Hall, and Chris Roseborough. Also included is a debate at 7 p.m. on Friday on the topic of the charismatic gifts Continuationism versus Cessationism. You can register for the Judge Not Conference at judgenotconference.org. Don't miss this awesome opportunity and fellowship on the topic of apologetics and evangelism. Judge Not Conference, judgenotconference.org. Register today. And we
0: are back with our guest, Christina Fox, and we're gonna be talking about her book and we're really excited to have her on. I know some of you have already read her book and we're gonna link that on the episode notes. So if you're interested in that book, you know, I, I highly recommend it. Can you just maybe just first share a little bit about who you are for those
3: not familiar with you? Okay, well, um, my name is Christina Fox. I um, currently live in the Atlanta area Um, I have two boys, I homeschool, Um, I serve in ministry at my church. Um, In my old life, before homeschooling, um, I was a child psychotherapist, Um, so my background is in counseling, um, which kind of explains the topic of the book, I guess, so that's a little bit about me. So can you tell us what brought you to write this book? well ultimately i wrote it um to help women learn to cry out to god with their emotions um sorrows their fears their griefs their worries uh i think we live in a culture where we are able to at least identify our emotions these days you know my grandparents generation not so much but i think you know we do know and we can say to each other you know i'm feeling kind of worried i'm stressed out Things like that, but we don't often know what to do with those feelings that we have. Um, And I think we have, we each have our unique uh, responses to when we feel those feelings. Um, For me, it might be a gallon of ice cream, you know, that I might (laughs) dig into, or, you know, we might go shopping because, you know, we're feeling blue, or, Uh, We might spend hours on Google trying to figure out whatever the problem is that we're facing. Um, But going to God in his word, going to him in prayer, um, lamenting, crying out to him, are probably not our um, kind of instinctual responses when we're feeling that way. And so I wanted um, women to see that God actually has provided a way for us to do that that we're not alone, and um, that he wants to hear from us, and that the Psalms, specifically the laments, have a typical structure that we can follow, and um, just like the Psalmist, cry out to God. So that's okay, it. Okay, so
2: I think, yeah, I think, like, in our culture, we're, we're, well, maybe this is more Christian culture, maybe this is, like, broader culture, but we're, we're kind of taught like emotions are bad things, like you shouldn't be feeling sad, you shouldn't be feeling worried, you shouldn't, like if if you have emotions, you need to get rid of them quickly. Or <laughs> how do the Psalms address that? Like how
3: are the Psalms helpful there? The Psalms really show us that the emotions are a normal response to life in the fallen world. Um, mm-hmm. It's very obvious when you read, I mean, I'm gonna highlight David's Psalms. But, you know, when David was pursued by Saul, he felt fear. It was a, a normal response to being pursued. When David was rejected by a friend, he wrote a psalm sharing, you know, how sorrowful he felt and how feeling abandoned and lonely. When he was overwhelmed by his circumstances, he felt despair. Uh, when God seemed silent to him, he felt abandoned. So I think... The psalms show us that, you know, we, the psalms acknowledge that we live in a fallen world and that we really should respond in some sort of, you know, have a negative response to it because it's not the way it should be.
2: So what you're saying is emotions are okay.
3: (laughs) We shouldn't be running from them. It's not always okay how we deal with them, but having them is is okay. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because I think a lot of people think we should just. I think some Christians, you know, that it's just about hope and joy and peace in the Lord, where I think they give us an opportunity to cry out to the Lord and express. Well, we see it so much in the Psalms, right?
3: Yes. um, The Psalms definitely have, especially the laments, have a, a common structure. They the psalmist is very vivid in his description of what is going on how he's feeling he doesn't like try to package it neatly you know so that it sounds good he doesn't like say well i'm just a little bit worried he's like no (laughs) i feel like i'm in the bottom of a pit or you know he's very very vivid and that to me alone gives me great hope knowing that i can I can be really honest with God about exactly what I'm feeling. Yeah. And I
0: love that because I think some women will say to me, I don't know how to pray. How do I pray? And even in those times of despair, we can cry out to God. And in the Psalms, we see that even in the midst of that despair, we talked about in our episode on suffering, even in the midst of that despair, the Psalmist holds on to what he knows to be true you know, that in God's goodness and in God's loving kindness. So what, what can we learn from these psalms of lament during our own times of suffering and trial?
3: Well, we can learn to uh, rely and trust in what we know about God, like as you said about his character, uh, his faithfulness in the past, his goodness. Many of the laments um, often refer to God describing his character. David called him his rock, um, called God his deliverer, his savior. Some, some of the laments, you know, just reference things that God had done in the past, the way God had rescued and delivered in the past, whether David, uh, the Psalmist personally or Israel as a nation. The Psalms also uh, really show us how to worship in the midst of suffering, that you can have, you can be weeping and have the joy of the lord at the same time that they they just go side by side together and that that's okay i mean that's life in a fallen world
0: yeah i like that worship in the midst of suffering that's not something i don't think that we often think in that in those terms that we can worship god who he is in the midst of our deepest despair yes and i
3: think one of the things i specifically talk about in the book is The structure of the laments. And the laments have um, a number of common themes or elements, but the three that I kind of narrowed it down to were that we can cry out to God, meaning we tell God what we're feeling, that we ask for help, you know, God, heal me, provide for me, help me, all those kinds of things. And then the final kind of theme that we often see in, in the laments is at the end of the lament, the writer kind of responds in some form of trust or praise or worship or reminder of, you know, God's goodness. And it kind of seems kind of neat and tidy when you read the psalm. It's like, Oh yeah, really? That's how it is. Um, we kind of have to remember that it took a, you know, there was a period of time that went on in this person's life that enabled them to get to that point. It wasn't, you know, just in 20 verses, but we too can, through the process of lamenting and coming to God and uh, really just resting in who he is and what he's done for us, we we can get to that point at the end of our own lament where we are able to say, I know I know that you will deliver me or I know that you're good, all these things. And we respond in worship.
2: Yeah, I. that's interesting that you say that because I've definitely thought that before. You read like a short psalm, it's like 10 verses or something. And there's this like whirlwind of you know emotions and then by the end they're like i trust you it's like it does seem so quick like oh you just but that's a good point i never heard that before that this was like a longer period of time that it's not like an immediate just you know oh and i trust you fully again you know like it it takes time
3: yes definitely yeah we don't get to kind of see that process in the psalm itself but it did take place (laughs) So what
2: are some things that we can do uh, as women in times of pain or despair to draw near to God?
3: I would definitely encourage anyone to read the Psalms and just kind of read them with the idea of finding solace in it and seeing that you're not alone and that other people have felt the same way. And then as you do so, even write your own lament, kind of following that similar structure to write it out in, in the way that I talk about in the book. Just really being open and honest with God about how you're feeling and what, what's going on, the, the confusing thoughts and questions you've had, you know, why God, or how long God, those kind of things. Uh, two things for sure. And then also including other people in your lament, just inviting other people to know what, what's going on in your life and kind of lamenting in community.
0: And I think that right there is is the thing that I think is difficult. At least it has been for me in in the church. Sometimes you don't want to you don't want to share your just your despair with others that you're feeling towards God.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a scary thing to tell people, you know, to open up about because there's a range of wrong responses that could come your way that you might not want, you know. So it's kind of scary. That's true. And
3: you know we are we are all very uncomfortable with um, intense and strong emotions in ourselves and in others. So it's definitely uh, makes sense that we could expect someone that we talk to to be really uncomfortable about it. I think that when we share those kinds of uh, feelings, it often reminds that person that they've had those feelings as well, and and we often don't want to realize or identify. Well, yeah, I've had some doubts or. Questions and but I think that often there's at least one person that we can trust that you know God has placed in our lives. That and if not, you know, um, a counselor or someone in leadership of the church who kind of displays wisdom, um, be another person.
0: So, writing this book, what is the primary thing that you were hoping women could walk away from reading your book? Something that you were hoping that they would learn. The message that you wanted them to know.
3: Well, I I really want um, women to know that Jesus knows the deepest cries of our hearts, and uh, He came as an answer to those cries. We haven't talked about it yet, but one of the things I mention in the book is that you know Jesus is what the Bible is about. You know, all of Scripture points to Him, including the Psalms, including the Laments, and I do discuss that in the book. And so ultimately, he's the man of sorrows who bore our griefs. And um, that's what I want people to remember as they're reading it. Yeah, because the Lord, I mean, he
0: understands our emotions even more than we do. You know, even when we can't even verbalize
3: what we're feeling, he understands what we're feeling. Right. And, you know, even uh, we uh, don't know what to say, his spirit is interceding for us. And so even when we can't describe our emotions or you know, can only say, help me, Uh, you know, even when uh, we can't, the spirit is saying what needs to be said for us. I think there's
0: so much comfort in that. Definitely. And then we heard that
2: you were writing a new book that's going to be coming out. When, when will that be coming out?
3: Yes, I do have um, another book coming out with the same publisher, It's called Closer Than a Sister, How uh, Union with Christ Helps Friendships to Flourish. It comes out in October, and it's about sisterhood in the church, about community, the community that Christ created through his um, life, death, and resurrection. Through our unity with him, we have unity with others in the church. My emphasis is on uh, the relationship between women specifically in the church and what that looks like that we are helping and serving one another that we rejoice with each other we mourn together we serve together grow together learn together the book also explores some of the barriers uh, that we have in our relationships and some of the conflicts that we might face but it's ultimately a call for us to uh, grow closer in our union with each other
2: Wow, that sounds really great. We'll be definitely looking for that and promoting that because <laughs> yeah, friendship is friendship is tricky, even in the church. It's hard, and
3: so like I feel like we need all the resources we can get with that. Yes, um, yes, and I I know a lot of people long for those kind of relationships, and you know maybe you read passages in the, in the Bible that describe it, and kind of like. Well, What is that? I've never seen So it's just uh, a book to encourage us to make those relationships a priority and to work at them and trust in our union with Christ through them.
0: Yeah, and I think union with Christ isn't even something that's talked about a lot. And another thing is so many of the resources available for women do not have solid theology. So Ashley and I are just grateful to see women that we know have solid theology, writing books like
3: this. And your uh, podcast that <laughs> promotes them. <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we would actually love to have you on to talk about that when it comes out, because I'm, I'm really excited when I saw that that was going to be coming out. Really excited to read that. And you sometimes do speak, you sometimes speak, right, at
3: churches or yeah. at conferences? Yes, or and places. I would love to come to any, any church and talk about sisterhood. That would, be, that would be a lot of fun. I enjoy doing that. Do you
2: come all the way out to Southern California? Is that
0: what,
3: what <laughs> the places you yeah, travel? We have to do the Theology that would
0: be Gals favorite. Conference. <laughs> uh, that would be great. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I, I just want to encourage this subject, I think, is something that so many of our gals struggle with. Like, I have all these emotions. I don't feel just hope and joy and peace all the time. And, you know, sometimes I feel despair. And, you know, I have, I will often point them to the Psalms and say the psalmist felt despair. And I think your book is great because it, it goes through, it explains, I think a lot of these things that, and I think it can be a great companion to those going through you know some difficult times but even if you aren't going through a difficult time ladies i think this is a good book to have because even if you're not going through a time of suffering we all have trials even if they're small and sometimes big ones so i'm i'm really grateful for your book well hopefully christina will be able to have you on after your next book comes out because i think that's going to be something that a lot of our ladies will be interested in too okay we'll be right back
1: Looking for that perfect track for your next evangelism outreach? Look no further. At TractPlanet.com, we have solid biblical tracks that are a breeze to hand out. They are beautifully designed and are the highest quality tracks available. With over 80 different designs in stock and literally hundreds more available by custom order, we're sure to have just the right one for you. You can get any of our items printed with your church or ministry information or have us design a brand new track just for you. We are committed to the solid biblical message of law to the proud and grace to the humble. Each tract is firm on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the necessity of repentance and faith in salvation. Come check us out at tractplanet.com and make sure you use coupon code BTWN at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's tractplanet.com, coupon code BTWN.
0: and we are back. And actually since that was kind of a little bit shorter for one of our interviews, I I would just like to maybe talk a little bit ab- about you know yeah. the things that she is talking about and it's so interesting. I'm going to link two articles in the in the resources. I'll also be linking Christina's book and her blog and There's a link on Amazon to our new book, even though it's not out. I can't remember if it's available for pre-order yet, but if you're interested in that, you kind of bookmark and check back when it's out. But there was two really great articles this week. I think both of them were on the Achilla Report, which is kind of the Presbyterian online news source. And one of them is by Robert Godfrey and it's called the suffering and the glory of psalm 22. and i just want to read one small part because i think this is exactly what we were talking to christina about and i i just love this and he says yet even in this extreme distress david never loses faith or falls into complete hopelessness his anguish leads him to prayer and the first words of the prayer are my god even in his suffering and wondering about the ways of God. He does not let go of his knowledge of God, knowledge that God is God. In the midst of his anguish, he articulates that faith." And I think that's really the point of kind of what Christina was, that we were talking about with Christina, that even in those times of great distress, you see the psalmist still proclaiming who God is. You know, I Mm -hmm. mentioned Psalm 13, which starts out how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? Will you keep hiding your face from me? I mean, that's that's great distress. And yet he ends it with, but I have trusted in your loving kindness. Yeah. And, you know, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And so I, I think that's really the lesson here is that even in those times of distress, we can express our deep distress and those emotions that we're struggling with to the Lord in the way the psalmist did. But we, even in the midst of that, we hang on to who God is and what we know of God and and who he is.
2: Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better than that, Colleen. And something that I just thought of is, um, I mean, I love what you're saying about You know, he's he is lamenting, but he's also coming back to what he knows to be true about the Lord. I guess the tendency I just notice in um, some Christian circles, I think I used to see this a lot more. I don't see it as much as as much as I do now. Um, The tendency is for if someone says they're really upset about a situation, um, the tendency is for someone to say, we'll find your joy in Christ. As like the almost. And, and I think that's absolutely true because we do find our joy in Christ. Happiness and joy are different right. things. But um, there's almost this feeling like hey, you really shouldn't be showing emotions. (laughs) You know, like you really should just be exuding joyfulness because of what Christ has done. And, you know, I think we could say joy looks different at different periods in our life, and that's absolutely true. But I don't think we should uh, be afraid of people showing emotions and be so dismissive of their emotions. And we can do kind of, that's why this interview was so helpful to think about all there is in the Psalms is actually like lament with people and point them to the Psalms as a great source of um, comfort during their time of lament rather than just those quick, you know, responses of find your joy in Christ, you know, and as true as that is, as you know, that's a very true thing that you can say at certain points. But, you know, I think we just need to be careful when we're talking to our sisters about their emotions that we're not dismissing them making them feel like they shouldn't have those emotions so
0: yeah well I think I think you're onto something because it's almost as if you know among some Christians that peace and joy are the only appropriate emotions so it's this idea that you, we have Christ and so therefore peace and peace and joy is what you should have and I think that I I can tell you very personally in my own life that I have had times of great suffering and yet, even in the midst of that suffering, I also have peace and joy. And so I don't think that it's an either or always, you know. Yeah. We have we have times of suffering. And I think the other thing, Ashley, as you were talking about, pretty much you're pointing to suffering with one another. And I sometimes think that's something we're not always very good at. As yeah. In the body of Christ is what that looks like. And I think in that, just loving someone and praying for them and you know, pointing them to scripture, but also not discounting what they're going through. Like, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have those emotions because you're a Christian, you know, sorry, your best friend just died, but you just need to have joy in Christ, you know, right? we have real emotions and and those emotions are not necessarily sinful. Yeah. That's another thing too.
2: And you know at church a lot of the times on Sunday morning, you know, you you see all your friends at church and you see everyone and how's it going? How was your week? Oh, good, good. You know, you just kind of go through the motions and a couple months ago, I asked someone how they were doing at church, you know, just before worship, like, you know, 10 minutes before worship is going to start. And he turned to me and gave me a really honest answer about how awful his week had been. And this happened and that and I'm really struggling and I was, I was kind of floored because I'm so, you know, I think we get so used to, oh, it was good. It was great. It was fine. Um, but I found that to be a blessing because it enabled me to pray for that person in a way I wouldn't have known how to otherwise, you know, as they were just being honest about what was going on emotionally, you know, in their lives. And I think we could learn from that, you know, it's, it's okay. And it's actually better if you tell, if you tell people this is what's going on because they can pray for you in a way they couldn't have otherwise.
0: Yeah, I I think some women struggle with it more as far as sharing what they're going through and you know being honest about their struggles and I think sometimes for me my hesitation in sharing is because of some of the responses I've gotten when I have been open and transparent with others yeah, so
2: I think I think there's a lot to learn um just from the Psalms. and uh, I really
0: want to get to this pineapple question. Yeah, now. well, I want to say one more thing. I'm also okay, because we didn't talk about this, and I think it's just really important. And I've got an article that I just that was just I just saw today from Nick um Batzig on Christ and the Psalms. And you know, it's something we didn't talk about, and it's not talked about a lot, but the Psalms do point us to Christ. And so, I'm, I'm going to link that article also because I think that's that's another important topic. And ultimately everything we do and all of our comfort should come from looking to Christ no matter what we are going through, that, that ultimately, you know, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that ultimately, no matter what you're going through, if you're one of those women who are suffering just greatly right now. So, so Ashley, I'm going to tell you, we did a poll in The Theology Gals.
2: Facebook Twitter. And oh, and, and,
0: and the Facebook. Okay. So I'm not this, Facebook is a right this is the deal. This is the deal. So what it's going to come down to is, are you a Twitter girl or are you a Facebook girl? Because Facebook says probably I would say probably two, almost two-thirds. The options were yes, it's wonderful. Absolutely not. And I don't love it, but I'll tolerate it on the question about does pineapple belong on pizza? Okay. And so it it was overwhelmingly yes, it's wonderful. Wow,
2: because um, on Twitter, on Twitter, the two options I put on Twitter were yes, I love it, and no, throw it in the trash. Right. So there was no in between. You either hate it or you love it. And I thought what we could do, because on Twitter it was not overwhelmingly, but like 58% were saying no, throw it in the trash. Okay. I thought what we could do is count down. And um, when we get to one, we can either say yes, we can say no time yeah as the reveal because i really i don't know what ashley's gonna say i I don't know know what you're gonna say but you you seem to think that we disagree without me ever saying anything about you seem to think that we're gonna disagree on this so So,
0: well let's see okay so does by the way i'll tell you afterwards why i think why i thought that we would disagree
2: okay So the question is, does pineapple go on pizza? And on the count of three, we're going to say either yes or no. Okay. Okay. So are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, three, two, one. No. Yes. Oh, (laughs) man. I really thought that you would want it on pizza. Dang
0: it. Man. So the reason I thought we would be different is because usually it's the people who think it belongs that usually bring it up. So that's oh. what I thought. And you brought it up. So I thought, I bet we're going to disagree.
2: <laughs> you I'll agree with you. my husband, and I guess I agree with your husband and your kids. That's right. So that's so interesting.
0: So we go out for pizza, half of it will have pineapple for you and Brent, half no pineapple for your husband and I.
2: So. Yeah. You know, I've kind of just given in. My husband loves just classic pepperoni, and I kind of... I like pepperoni too, so I we kind of
0: just order pepperoni because it's just the two yeah. of us. So, um, I love yeah. pepperoni and black olives, but my husband does not like olives, so hmm. only olives on on half. But this is this is my thoughts. So, and I was talking to my kids about it actually, and so I have to make one clarification. I don't think that fruit belongs. And things like that. So and Mm -hmm. now I'm not meaning fruit literally because Austin says, "Well, tomatoes are a fruit," and I think everyone knows what I mean. (laughs) So I do not like it. Sorry, Mom, but I do not like fruit in my salad. She loves to cut up strawberries. See, I love fruit in my salad. Yeah, it does not belong. I I like
2: I like pineapples on like a hamburger, like a pineapple, like a Hawaiian
0: hamburger. Love that. So that doesn't work for me. Yeah. And then, um, also when people make things like, you know, blueberry chicken and stuff like that, like just, okay, that's a little weird. Work. okay. Yeah. but for my birthday, we were camping in the motorhome up in the mountains and we did some shish kebabs and we had, I had bought a pineapple and my son Ian says, let's grill a pineapple too. And we had, we were grilling peppers and onions and, and steak and chicken and, you know, stuff. And so I, and all the other stuff had been marinated. We didn't marinate the, the pineapple, but I will say it was better than I expected. So, okay. but right. I, I was able to eat it separate though. So I guess I agree with Twitter. Thank you, Twitter for being on my side. <laughs> and I agree with Facebook. That's right. Our face overwhelming majority on Facebook. <laughs> That's right. And now I just, now we just have to continue to not tell anyone until this episode airs. Yep. And I'm not going to say anything either because that way people have to listen to the episode to find yep. out. And
2: you know, they I have think. to, even, even the men on Twitter, because there's a, I noticed there was a lot of men that were responding, no, no, no. So they'll have to listen to an episode about emotions just to That's get right. to the answer.
0: <laughs> and, my husband and boys, they all love it. We actually don't get it very often. You know, my husband's from Chicago, and that's where we lived when we got married. And there's a place down the road that has, it from Chicago, it's called Rosati's. And we can get Chicago deep dish, and we can also get Chicago thin, which I was talking on Twitter. Chicago thin is cut in squares, not triangles. I don't know if it would taste very good with on that kind of pizza. If we go someplace mm-hmm. else, they might, they might get it, but we get pepperoni when we go there, and then but we got Italian beef pizza recently, and it was excellent. So if hmm. you've ever been to Chicago, had Italian beef, it was, it was very wow. good. So um, question of the week for next week, I would like to know, you had asked in the beginning, you said your favorite artist of all time, but this is a little bit different.
2: So musical I
0: left, yeah, yeah, musical artist. So I wanna know your favorite Christian and your favorite secular. And it could either be a group or just a singer. Okay.
2: Favorite Christian musical
0: artist, favorite secular musical artist? Or does it, okay. It's going to be, oh, okay. That's easy. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I don't know about my favorite Christian. I have to think about that, but Mm -hmm. secular, I know that one for sure. So we're going to probably get, you listen to secular music. (laughs) Messages. We
2: talked in our culture episode about having a bonfire and putting all of our secular music in the bonfire. So,
0: yes. And and I quoted Michael Horton, who said, When you become a Christian, you throw out your secular music. When you become reformed, you throw out your Christian music. So, he said that in the 90s. And I I do know there's some better Christian music today. So, I know I don't want to get any angry emails but this is such a great sound group because I know they do exist now Yeah. but it was lacking in the 90s for anything that was theologically sound and then the other thing I wanted to mention is Christina has graciously given us a copy of her book for us to give away and so if you would like to be in the running for one of her books go to our Theology Gals Facebook page and you need to share the post for this episode and like our page and comment on on this post and i will have all of that information there and also if all of our stuff the resources from today all of our contact information email everything is going to be on the bible the big and look for theology gals on there and on this episode you'll see all of our information there even a link to our facebook page if you're not if you're not part of it already. And that's a page as opposed to the group. So one thing, and I'm throwing this on Ashley, so she knows nothing about this, but because of Presby little live thing, I was thinking we should do that sometime, Ashley. Yeah, we'll have to and do I, that. I asked the girls in the group, and a lot of them would really like to do that. So that's something that we may look at doing in the future also. I, I thought it was a lot of fun hearing Ashley on there. And and it's fun when they do those episodes. So that would be fun if we did them also. So, okay, ladies, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us.